record my side and I'm going to give you permission to record your side. So please, pr please press record your side as well. Then you have your own version. And uh, if there's anything that happens my side, we've got a backup. So if you just press record on the bottom of your screen, are you recording? Yeah, yep. just did. Excellent. And um, I just want to make sure I'm going to pronounce your name correctly. Do you the, the most justice now? No, no one can. Okay. Now, as <laughs> okay, a British a as, as a British person, I would say uh, Knut von Holm. Knut von Holm. <laughs> yeah, your dad was more uh, more on spot there. <laughs> okay, so or, how, how do you pronounce it? Knut Swanholm. Okay, all right, so, excellent. Yeah, basically. Okay, right. I have, an, I have an anecdote about this, actually. Uh, we can get into that. that wait, yeah, wait, yeah. wait. We'll say, <laughs> if, you're, if you're happy to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I am, okay. I guess. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Right, now listen, just a second, because I'm going to do a quick intro, then we're going to get into the interview. Okay. okay. All right, okay. It's a pleasure to introduce today's guest. Um, I'm going to leave the uh, pronunciation of his own name to, uh, to, to him in a second. He's the author of the book um, Sovereignty uh, with Mathematics or by Mathematics. I don't want to get through, that. Through. Through. Sovereignty yeah. through Mathematics, which I've got the hard copy in the post and I've just listened to Guy Swan's brilliant reading of it. And, you know, check it all out. But please go and buy the book and support... Um, Support, now you can introduce yourself so I don't completely mess up the, uh, the pronunciation of your name. <laughs> Knut Swanholm. Perfect. Knut Swanholm. I, yeah. I, I, I couldn't have said that any better myself. Knut Swanholm, ah. As you can hear, Lauren is here again to, uh, to ask a nine-year-old uh, nine question about Bitcoin. So, um, Lauren, please take us away. What is your question? My question is... Why does most people not really know about Bitcoin? Hmm. hmm. That's a very good question, Lauren. Um, <laughs> You're going to take my job, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a very good question. I think it is because they are, they don't think that money is something that ought to be questioned. Uh, how money comes into existence and alternative types of money is not something that has crossed their minds because it has sort of never existed before in in this way that it does through bitcoin uh, so they have never they never thought of inflation do you know what inflation is lauren no <laughs> <laughs> it's when you increase the money supply so that each dollar bill or each euro becomes less valuable to people because there's more of them around. And you can't do that with Bitcoin. And that's what separates Bitcoin from everything else. And I think that people don't realize how much that will do to, uh, how, how much that does to a monetary system or to a system of expressing value to other people, because that's what you do with money, right? You express that you value something, so you give something away and get something back. That's the basic premise. And I don't think they realize that the, the value of all the other types of money is being diluted 
over time. Well, thank you very much. Okay. I hope that goes some way to answering your question. Yes. Yeah. I hope. Now you have something to to, to keep you up all night. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> your name because I can't pronounce it. Oh, you're gonna be practicing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Forget about my name. It's not important. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, bye. Thanks bye, Lauren. My question. Bye, bye. Thank you. Thank you for asking it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, explain, you, explain, explain, explain it to me like I'm a two-year-old. That was that was Einstein, wasn't it? Um, or Feynman, <laughs> or Denzel Washington in Philadelphia. One, one of the one of the three. Um, and it's easier to explain to stuff to nine-year-olds because they can actually comprehend the answer, answer most of the time. I think. <laughs> I and they've got. Compared to two-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, yes. And compared to 42-year-olds, right? Because a 42-year-old has a preconceived nice. belief that they understand their bank account, let alone, like, money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are hard to convince about stuff. Or uh, to deconvince is the word, right? Is there a word called deconvince? No, <laughs> no, exactly. Un unconvinced. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're what you're trying to get at. Um, no. Now you had um, you had an anecdote about your name that uh, you you said uh, was pretty funny. Yeah, I, I was working on a tall ship at the time, and we were in Portsmouth, uh, uh, southern southern England, and uh, uh, I got to uh, to take the ship to to berth to moor it. Uh, so I, I I had the helm, so to speak, uh, with the help of a, a very British indeed pilot, an elderly gentleman uh, who who told the captain that he couldn't he couldn't be on the bridge because I was steering at this <laughs> at this time. So so I, uh, I I was very fond of this pilot, and I, I, and he had a very British dry sort of sense of humour. Uh, so so after he left the ship, when we were all done. Uh, he asked me about my name. Oh, what's your name again? Oh, I can't recall your name. Blah blah blah. blah. Uh, so I uh, I tried to pronounce it correctly to him, and I told him uh, the K is important. Otherwise, it would spell out nut in English, wouldn't it? Ah ha 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 ha. <laughs> and he just looked at me and like looked uh, <laughs> up and down, and he said, "Oh yeah, still it's better than cunt." <laughs> 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 and they called they called me uh, they called me officer cunt for the rest of the voyage i don't know if you have to censor this or anything you can mispronounce it uh, uh, okay I, i'm sure it was uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not a short voyage either so. no not really two months or something <laughs> like that <laughs> so, yeah, well, yeah, good job, Lauren left the room, but uh, no, I'll leave that in there. I think uh, uh, somebody else is yeah, holding yeah. <laughs> It's all over Twitter tomorrow, then. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, there, there weren't any, um, yeah, there weren't any uh, misprints of your book, I hope, that uh, you know, they could become well, they, they could become, no, no, yes. No. <laughs> well, uh, if you have a copy of the first edition, which is really embarrassing with all the typos and everything, uh, then uh, then you have a scarce version. 
right. <laughs> there, there, there's still some typos left in there, and like uh, where there should have been capital letters and stuff like that. So it's... My, my my book, my name was misspelled in my own book in the first run. I was Daniel Price, which uh, you know, brilliant, right? Like, uh, thanks, Ed. Like, you know. <laughs> 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 oh well uh, yeah well anyway it's 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 hard to uh, yeah it's, it's so easy to miss things when when writing a book i mean it's impossible to do it without without error i believe <laughs> and what i mean you're not you're not like a, an author right this is not your job this was you know something no no like a, yeah yeah this, this this was a driving passion, right? From from like uh, the things that you'd learn um, through Bitcoin and this drive to try and help other people educate themselves is. Um, I mean, can you talk about yeah. you know, the action you took to to actually get what was in your heart and in your head onto paper? Uh, that's that's only partially true, though, because I had some. Yeah, some ego reasons for doing this as well. It's okay. it's like to test myself and right. uh, to see if I could do it. It'll take a complicated subject and write about it in uh, in English. Uh, for me, was a a test, and I, I, I like I've been reading a lot and uh, listening to a lot of thinkers uh, for practically all my life, and I. I uh, I thought I'd had to have a go at expressing myself and like putting my brain out there, uh, put it to use somehow because I felt it was under <laughs> underused. <laughs> Coming up with yeah an explanation for this. The thing is, I had I had been writing articles about Bitcoin for quite some time then, and uh, uh, and I I turned them into a book. Just to uh, just to get some experience about the whole uh, process of making a book and publishing it yourself, and uh, but then that's the book that showed up when when you googled my name or like when that's the only thing I had to show for myself. So I thought, uh, well, if I did this and th this semi crappy book about Bitcoin with articles in it that are old and outdated and not very good, uh, or uh, I might as well like discipline myself and and have something better attached to my name and so i started writing a page a day i had it as a new year's resolution and uh, i started doing that and the original idea was to write like 365 pages to write for a whole year but uh, <laughs> i got bored around 100 and i like well this is not too bad might as well stop here when while i'm still enjoying it so I did, and uh, after that I published, and uh, some very helpful other Bitcoiners got hold of the the first edition and uh, helped me proofread it properly. Uh, and uh, Kalle Rosenbaum was a, a, a contributed a lot there too, as the author of Grokking Bitcoin. Uh, he had some technical inputs, some some stuff that I that I had. Uh, wrong there in uh, a technical sense uh, so what ended up being the second edition uh, was a product i could be much prouder of than than the original thing and especially in comparison with the first 
book of articles there. But I never expected it to like sort of take off in the way it did, at least in the Bitcoin community. Uh, I mean, I've been endorsed by people I couldn't have dreamed of being endorsed by. So it, it's it's sort of surreal, the whole thing. Uh, this is like the fifth podcast interview I do in just a few months here after. So, yeah, and I'm selling books every day. So it's uh, it's still still blows my mind that this little scheme of mine actually worked. <laughs> yeah, and it's um, it's a great book. I love it, uh, and I can't wait to actually get um, the the hard copy. And one day, I'm sure we'll run into each other, and I'm going to pester you for uh, your signature. Um, <laughs> you come. Go ahead. Are you coming to Riga? Everybody keeps asking me this. I'm going to have to um, probably, yeah, I, I suppose I'm going to have to man up and, and, and try and get a ticket and, and get along. So um, yeah. I, I've never I've never been to one of the Bitcoin conferences. Uh, so it'd be very, very interesting to go and um, meet people. Have you been to, um, you've been to this one and a few others? This is the only Bitcoin only conference I've been to. Uh, last last Baltic Canyon back in Riga, but uh, and then I went to one in Stockholm in uh, just at the peak there when the bubble has ju- had just burst. Uh, the the whole crypto is taking over the world type bubble, uh, but I felt sort of lonely there because I, I it seemed like I was the only hardcore Bitcoiner there. And everyone was there shilling their shit coins. So a room full of charlatans, basically, and snake oil salesmen who I didn't, didn't have, have anything in common with and didn't want to have anything to do with, practically. And uh, uh, I was speaking at a conference last week, actually, at, in Stockholm as well, the Stockholm FinTech Week, which is sort of the same thing. The buzzwords are still around and they're still... Uh, still a lot of talk about blockchain technology and all this but i i guess i was there as the counterpart to that and i met some really friendly people there and uh, eric eric valle was there another swede uh, big name in crypto uh, been uh, he's right yeah so uh, uh yeah and i talked to some people there and uh, did my little thing and been getting some uh response to that too but yeah but we'll see what happens i'm i'm going to uh uh munich in june uh to the value of bitcoin conference and uh riga uh with, and this we're sort of planning an event uh me and a couple of other uh bitcoin twitter <laughs> people uh uh, beginners uh, day the day before the conference starts we're uh, doing uh, like one hour sessions or two hour sessions for the format isn't really cemented yet but uh, talking to newcomers uh, so that's the plan for that and uh, yeah I'll, I'll I'm just I just can't wait to see where, uh, where this journey takes me uh, of course because there is <laughs> There's so much stuff happening, and everyone's so friendly in this space. So it's, uh, it's it's just I'm humbled by the entire experience. Like 
Hodlonot, for for instance, he's been really friendly to me. Uh, and uh, yeah, I could mention a lot of names here, <laughs> but, but uh, and I probably will during the rest of the show. But yeah. make sure you shill. We're, we're yeah. you know I always put out a full list of shills and mentions on the um, on the podcast uh, to make sure that. Um, but I, I I don't want to jog anybody on Twitter. I think that's like. Um, uh, an ingenuous thing to do, but I do take a, a, a screenshot of all the shields and mentions and do put it on Twitter so nobody gets nudged, but it is there for everybody to see if they're interested on uh, who is getting mentioned in the podcast. Um, so yeah, anyone you want to shout out, please do. And I'll just add it to the show notes and <laughs> I'll be very soft with it. Um, I wanted to ask you actually about uh, like Sweden and Bitcoin and like how that fits in with the whole ethos because it's not and, and you know don't get me wrong I've, I've met swedish people um lots of travels um you always meet swedish people on your travels and amazing people open friendly um and then then they start telling me about their country and like it, you know it's not all what it seems um to to people that live outside of sweden um, looking in, you know, we, we get all the news of like, you know, one of the happiest places to live cleanest, you know, and all of this kind of stuff. Could you give us an insight into, um, into that and, and like what it is actually like? Uh, yeah, there are a lot of things I dislike about it. Uh, and, uh, that's, uh, I find there are some barriers to, to conversations, uh, that we ought to have. Uh, more often and more openly. Uh, I mean, I don't think free spe speech is like the number one virtue here. Uh, it, it's it's not as high uh, on the list uh, of political uh, things to uh, to fight for uh, in the way I believe it should be uh, for a, a democracy to function. Like Swedes tend to tend to change opinions like a school of fish or a flock of birds they all change their uh, they all change their mind at the same time and i find that to be very disturbing to be honest uh, i don't really like the way we we're so uh, afraid of conflict and afraid of like uh, yeah afraid of confronting each other i i, I think uh, there's a lot of, and this ties into a lot of think, things here. I mean, we had a, a social democratic government for a very long time, like 70 years, and uh, with bits of the other side <laughs> in between. Like, whenever the the so-called uh, right-wing parties of of Sweden have been in power, uh, or th then. Uh, uh, that, that they have they have only managed to like uh form government whenever they have adapted their policies to be more social democratic uh, uh that's that's the only way to get the majority of the votes i guess so uh so it's always slightly it, it's very very based on collective thinking and collective thoughts uh, we our kids can't uh, be uh, like if you want to go on a vacation and you want to bring your kids they can only uh, skip school for about a week uh, per uh, uh, per semester and uh, 
we're not really allowed to. Uh, we're expected to participate in different community things. Uh, it's, it's sort of, a, I don't know how to put this without, <laughs> this is like, uh, even talking about this is slightly embarrassing because I, the, the word that pops into my mind is that we have sort of a feminine society, but saying that out loud and knowing that some Swedes will listen to this, it's like, even there, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm stepping on uh, several toes. Uh, but the thing is, we we value what uh, the group uh, a lot. And I, 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 even talking about it, I use the term we, even though I don't consider myself to be a part of this narrative. And I don't even I don't even know if I believe in nation states, even before B Bitcoin. I've uh, li like I've always been a, a closet libertarian. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like uh, I don't believe that anyone has the right to infringe on anyone else's uh, life really I, I mean of course we have to provide things of value to each other and cooperate but i think the, uh, as i say in the book we have uh, we as humans as a species we have two ways of resolving conflict and one is violence and the other is uh, speech and uh, included in speech uh, uh, the way I see it, money is just a linguistic tool uh, we use in order to express value to each other. And like, here's a token that represents the fruits of my labor uh, for this and this amount of time. And like, so whenever money is impaired or like uh, meddled with, uh, we lose a communicative skill. Uh, uh, we lose our ability to communicate with each other, uh, if even if ever so slightly. Whenever the money f supply is inflated, we get a little less articulate with our uh, uh, with our language, <laughs> basically. And this is uh, it's it's very sad because I think humans could cooperate a lot better if we instead of having this threat of violence, like embraced truly free trade with each other. And by free trade, I don't mean free trade in the inflationary currency sense. <laughs> I don't believe we ever tried free trade since we've always had inflating currencies. And it's not really free then. It's diluted and it's, uh, it's, it's rotten to the core, the <laughs> very system. Uh, and yeah, a lot of people think these are extreme thoughts and like, don't think about these things a lot, but uh, yeah, this is, this is why we Bitcoiners get along so, so well, because we see, we have the basic sort of way of looking at the world, I, I believe. And then of course there are differences in other other things like uh, I call myself a financial atheist and uh, I, I bet that's not very popular with some of the American Bitcoiners <laughs> uh, uh, but I I see this as a, a, a way of rejecting fraudulent expressions of value uh, so if if you can't verify that 
whatever you're using to express value is a part of an absolutely scarce set of something, then you're not really you you're not, you do not really know what you're expressing. Like if I give a dollar to someone or a hundred dollar to someone, a uh, hundred dollar bill to someone, I do not know at that point in time how many of them are in circulation and how many of them are actually debt to another person and like so much stuff that I can't know about it, uh, uh, which is not the case with Bitcoin. If I can verify uh, the block that transaction was in and that the, the hash is there with all the zeros and uh, like, uh, then I can, uh, I, well, I can't, I can't know, uh, I can't be a hundred percent sure that, that it's true but it's much, 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 much more likely to be true than uh, than that the value of the dollar is true. It's it's only true uh, the the value of the dollar bill. Uh, it's it holds its value uh, for that specific transaction. I can actually buy like a bottle of milk with it uh, or <laughs> whatever at that point in time. But I do not know that it will hold its value over time. Uh, on the contrary, I know that it won't. It, it obviously won't. And uh, therefore, I'm incentivized to spend it, which I'm not with Bitcoin. I'm incentivized to save it, and I'm uh, incentivized to accumulate capital, which I think is a net gain for everyone. And uh, <laughs> read Mises and Rothbard and <laughs> read up on this stuff, because I, I don't have time to explain it all here. But... <laughs> You, you all know what I'm talking about, don't you, Bitcoiners? <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about here. <laughs> so, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, with Sweden, then, like, are you finding more and more people that uh, are of this that are leaning this way of thinking that that's the that's driving the uptake of, of Bitcoin in that country? Not really. Uh, well, I've, I've connected with a few Bitcoiners, uh, with the ones that are actually here. I, uh, I've had some, yeah, I've talked to uh, a lot of them, uh, but they're still not in, uh, I, I don't see a lot of uh, thinking outside the box when it comes to money in this country. I, I can't say that I do. It's, and I, I don't find it that interesting. And I don't really, I have no urge to, to like push this onto Swedes or Sweden. I rather, I'd rather just stay on Twitter and be my Bitcoin self there and use the other social media platforms for other things. <laughs> like, uh, so uh, no, I, ha I haven't really, thought of it in a Swedish context like that. Well, uh, hopefully some, um, some people might listen to this and reach out to you and you can start your own little um, meetups uh, wherever you live in, uh, in Sweden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there are a couple of Norwegians yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and some Danes uh, been in touch with as well. So I'm in Denmark quite often uh, in, my, in my work. So uh, hopefully I can meet some of them sometime and like, well, of course there are some Bitcoin and of course my friends uh, and my uh, colleagues and stuff, I talk to them as much as I can about it, but everyone seems to be so short on time all the time. And, they, uh, and I, I don't want to be that guy that like, 
keeps on about the, I, I mean, I have enough of that uh, <laughs> through my book and through all these podcasts and everything. I, I, when I interact with sort of normies, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to push it on them as well. I, I believe they think I already do if I just mention it. And I, sometimes I can't help myself when they talk about an issue, a specific political issue, a specific thing that, oh, why is it that blah, 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 that wages never go up with the prices? And I, I sort of, I, uh, I know the answer. I raise my hand and I like, uh, I shouldn't go there. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? You've been yeah, through yeah. this yourself, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're the guy in the corner just muttering under his breath going, Bitcoin fixes this. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this, and this, and this. Um, I have the same, yeah, you, uh, oh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And um, with family as well, right? I, I, I think if my kids and my wife here, we talk about Bitcoin one more time, I'm, I'm just going to get locked out of the house one night. Like, you know, don't, don't let him back. <laughs> so... Uh, I want to talk about um, yeah. it, it to to like come back all the way back to like Lauren's starting question, and um, you you started to touch on uh, people not understanding exactly um, what money is or not willing to really delve into it. But in your book, um, I think one of the key features you try and drive home is that feature of scarcity, um, yeah. and really having a misunderstanding, um, a deep understanding of that. And I think even fringe Bitcoiners um, like myself, I put that myself in that, um, in that category because I've got so much more to learn. Um, just coming recently to the realization of this scarcity and the hard cap and like the, well, I'll let you take over. Um, it's, it's your chapter. Please tell us about scarcity and what we're missing. Uh, uh, the premise in, in the book is like uh, scarcity is nothing if it's not framed correctly. Like you have to put a frame, a, a framework uh, within a certain framework, something can be scarce. But then uh, we don't know, of course, if the universe is infinite or not. So, uh, and if I, I argue that if infinity exists, then nothing can ever be truly scarce because <laughs> uh, I don't know that this thought just leads to uh, dead ends. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, the example I, I uh, write about in the book is Da Vinci paintings and how one of the uglier ones went for $450 million. And uh, it, it's uh, probably only because it's scarce uh, that, that it holds this value. And I was talking about this on another podcast where uh, I don't remember who it was. Uh, no, I think it was Pierre Rocard. Uh, uh, that said that uh, he heard that uh, uh, the uh, the artists of the 20th century they they started signing their restaurant receipts uh, uh, instead of paying the the bill they signed them uh, and uh, hence the 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 receipts became more valuable than had they paid the uh, had they actually paid the the bill. So, so, uh, so they signed instead of paying at restaurants all the time, which, which inflated <laughs> the supply of signed of autographs. So they became less valuable again. So like, uh, now you won't fall for that again. You've already done that 10 times. Like, 
So they fell in value, which provides a perfect metaphor for how money works and why it doesn't work. Because as, as long as you can duplicate something or make, make more copies of it, uh, humans can't handle that, that sort of power. No one, no one who had the power of the money printing press has ever resisted the urge to, uh, to misuse it, uh, print more of it. And this goes goes back to coin clipping or whatever. Like, but the, the thing with Bitcoin uh, and the comparison to gold is that Bitcoin is even better than gold in the scarcity sense. Since if you if the price of gold goes up, uh, more more re resources will be allocated into finding more gold, uh, finding new gold. So the supply. Uh, will increase at a faster rate, right? Uh, if the price goes up uh, and but it, because of gold's high stock to flow ratio, uh, a, an increase in the price does not affect the, uh, the, the flow or the, 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 the rate of new gold coming in as much uh, as, as it would with another asset like copper or uh, uh, and Bitcoin has none of this because no matter how much energy or resources or money you put into it, it won't affect the issuance rate because of the uh, difficulty adjustment that happens continuously. So uh, no matter how much you put into it, it, it won't change the... Uh, you know all this already. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell by the look of your face. <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to put words on it here. Uh, and w why I think this is so fantastic because th th this is so much more than than what gold does already. And uh, like w the halving is less than three months away, I believe. And after that, uh, Bitcoin will have a lower inflation rate than dollars which we don't at the moment uh, uh, and I, I don't think that everyone in it knows this right now in a way you can say that we already have a lower inflation rate because the halving is priced in and then you go into the whole, all <laughs> that whole debate but I won't go there <laughs> uh, <laughs> priced in or priced out whatever but the actual inflation rates in a stock to flow sense is uh, is only going to be lower than that of the US dollar after the halving uh, and please correct me if I'm wrong about any of the uh, any of these these things that I say uh, yeah anyone who listens or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. you say that in your book as well right you, you want people to reach out and um, challenge your thoughts and challenge uh, any anything that you've written yeah I want to think better thoughts uh, that, that is, uh, that, I mean, who doesn't? Uh, yeah. And uh, I, I mean, I I have a bit of a maths background, but I have no economic background. I have no uh, computer science background or anything like that. Um, I mean, I've always liked computers and I've played with them since I had my Commodore 64 when I was a kid. And uh, I've always been fascinated by everything. And by uh, so, in that sense, I have a computer background. But uh, you know, <laughs> I, 
I, I want my thoughts to be refined and as as uh, rational as they can as they can get. And if I'm uh, if I'm wrong about uh, something, please please tell me. Uh, I'm not afraid of that type of criticism. Right. And I hope. The, I hope. <laughs> this yeah, is like yeah. asking for trouble. <laughs> right, so you get it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then you just fly off the handle. But, um, yeah. And one thing I need to mention, actually, in the book, um, about the only Bitcoin book I've read that um, quotes Monty Python and Anchorman in the same book. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> were, were there any other film quotes that I've missed there? <laughs> uh, no, I, I was... Uh, I tried not to overuse that, so, like <laughs> the humor part of it, because I thought it would like, uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll I couldn't. You know. uh, yeah, yeah. But I you, really you, like those movies. Yeah. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, you know the best. Yeah, you know Life of Brian in particular, and I quote that in my own. Yeah, book. we had that in common, and then you mentioned Appetite for Destruction, which is one of my favorite albums. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes on. Um, who put that tweet out about how do you get yourself in the flow state? It's Jimmy Song, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just <laughs> Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction is the only way. It's like, that's it. And yeah, I told, I told my brother about this. I haven't gone on a podcast with this guy that's exactly my age and he has the, with the same taste in music and movies and there's this Bitcoin <laughs> thing. And he's like, that's not that uncommon to like those, uh, to like Life of Brian and Appetite for Destruction like everyone does. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, that put us in our place then. Um, but maybe this will be the most downloaded podcast episode, right? If we work uh, on that. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> we'll have to put some music in the background or something. Exactly. <laughs> and I want to bring up a point in your book where you're very uh, open about discussing um, like education and growing up. And um, you talked about which something close to my heart because uh, I did um, a homeschooling and world schooling um, summit last year and I got to speak with Sir Ken Robinson, which was an amazing uh, experience. Oh, oh, is that that guy that had the TED talk about education yeah. and how fucked up it is? Yeah. yeah. Really like that. Oh, it's the most downloaded watch, yeah. that the most watched TED talk of all time. Do schools kill creativity by Ken Robinson? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember when that came out, I was like, floored by it that that was a big piece of the puzzle of us taking our kids out of school to to travel with them around the world for like two and a half years um because we were we were dragging our heels we can't take our kids out of school the social constraints constraints around that you'd understand being uh, as you just said about you know, yeah I'm, uh, I'm being very very envious right now <laughs> <laughs> so you talk about in in the book about um kids that are on the spectrum and that spectrum ranging from you know, ADD <laughs> to ADHD or, um, Oh, that chapter. Slightly different <laughs> acronyms in, in any part of the world that you live in. And, um, medicating like, um, the, 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 <laughs> the like the wrong kids basically, because it's the kids that, um, the, the really smart kids that get in these labels and then being pumped full of, Ritalin or whatever the drug is and yeah I, I think that this is the chapter where I might have gone too far <laughs> so we might trigger a few people which is yeah 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 maybe we're medicating <laughs> the wrong segment of the population that might is stepping on some toes there yeah it might be but the thing is I've been I've been discussing that uh, that that was an article before it came it ended up in the book and uh, I discussed that with a friend of my brother's uh, who's a psychologist uh, uh, and a, a pretty successful one at that. And he, 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 
he found it really interesting and thought I had some points there. Uh, the thing is, I, uh, I I shouldn't really be talking and lecturing people about these things. I'm not a doctor at all, and I'm not a, definitely not a psychologist or or anything like that. But what 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 was striking to me was the similarities between the uh, between ADD and like spectrum disorders and uh, the criteria for being a gifted kid. And they were sort of the same. So, so like, and are you going to put these these uh, middle school teachers? Are there are they going to be the judges of who's who's smart and who's not? That's a disaster waiting to happen right there. They don't know anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, uh, I I find that really disturbing to get that the the thought that. Uh, these teachers uh, get to have so much power over the kids and the kids' lives. And like, I thought the whole grading system was wrong to begin with. And I, not only did I think that when I when I went to school myself, but also I worked on a uh, uh, this tall ship I worked on was actually a school sailing around the world. So, uh, uh, so high school students basically. And the thing is. Uh, they they study their subject and they get a grade from the teacher who is obviously biased in every sense of the world word and I, I don't believe in grades really I used to really believe in them but I, I think the, the like you should the, the, the schools that you're applying for are the ones that should grade the kids and not the schools that they are exiting and leaving like so the they should have the tryouts whenever you want to get in somewhere. So, so they're so like so that you have something to show for yourself. But right now it's the other way around. So the the talent doesn't matter, and it's the most ambitious and likable kid that gets the high grade, which is and and being liked by a teacher is and uh, being ambitious. It, it, those are traits that can be very dangerous. I like. <laughs> You can you can categorize people into. I'm stepping on so many toes there, but anyway, you can categorize people in like uh, uh, the the highly intelligent and highly ambitious. They often do very well in life. The highly intelligent but not so ambitious. They also do fairly well uh, most of the time. The uh, the not so intelligent and not so ambitious. Uh, they often have a hard time getting anywhere in life. The not so intelligent and ambitious, they're the dangerous ones. <laughs> Those are the ones that shouldn't be encouraged to do anything because they're really fucking scary, aren't they? Like, and they're all over the place. <laughs> ambitious people of low intelligence are everywhere, it seems. And I think these, these ways of, of uh, giving the kids grades in the way we do, I, I don't know, we... We do it uh, in almost the same fashion everywhere, but it's a bit different here. I think it's more; it has more to do with the likability of the kid and, than in other countries, basically here, because of the groupthink thing. But uh, I think it's very scary because ambitious and unintelligent people are are scary to me. Hmm. Basically. So with Bitcoin, we're separating um, money from state. Um, I, I believe we've got to separate education from state as well. And 
we that that can easily be done i mean it's just on the internet now it is just um changing people's perception of go ahead you want to jump yeah, yeah. come on let's go let's trigger some uh, yeah sorry <laughs> sorry but i'm talking all the time here and this <laughs> i i've been listening to your podcast and i'm i'm sort of baffled by how quiet you are and how much you let the the subject speak and i thought i won't do that i will like try to ask him questions instead and get the conversation going but i end up talking all the time but i just came to think about two quotes from isaac asimov okay two of my favorite quotes of all time the first one is self-education to me is the only form of education there is mm. and the other one is uh, people who think they know everything are of a great uh, annoyance to those of us who do <laughs> and it's so true that's your educational system right there <laughs> i think education has also already been made obsolete by the internet it's just that it's not just civilizational inertia that we're living through right now we the people already educate themselves uh like those kids that went to the library all the time they're on the internet all the time now and they know a lot more uh, than uh, and they're like it it's already it's already so we're already past that some of us at least are the 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 ones the ones you hope someday will change the world and is that us the bitcoiners I hope it is. <laughs> I have a uh, yeah, strong belief that, um, yeah, I, I do. Um, and, you know, the, the, there's one thing that school has a very, very high strike rate at and very good uh, pass rate at is killing the love of learning in, in young people. And you, yeah. you ask, you know, what's that business model really all about? Yeah. Yeah, I see. I do my, uh, my uh, homework with my kids. And I'm I'm just baffled by how how boring you can make a book. How <laughs> <laughs> you can make a book so boring? I mean, this book is for kids, and the questions are boring, and the book is boring, and the and the the vague questions, and they're supposed to like pay attention to that nonsense. Uh, I think it's so sad because it's stealing time from from our offspring and uh, our most scarcest asset. Exactly. It's time, I guess, is asset. We'll have to fix this, but it will take a couple of generations. It truly will. But I think this, this decade, there's going to be a huge um, surge in online educational schools, not, not just tools anymore. Like Khan Academy has been amazing. Um, YouTube, obviously, you can go and learn anything from. But I think tailored schools um, to, to kids. And it will be the homeschool and world school movement that, that really start moving the needle. Um, and when people start seeing the results from these kids, yeah, you know, it's, it's like the shift from fiat to Bitcoin. Yeah. What, what can I say? Billie Eilish, the perfect example, right? right? She um, and her brother, they did all that. They're homeschooled and mm -hmm. that had a huge, that was a huge part of that. Yeah. That's how they can keep their cool. Right. No, they, they kept yeah. their creativity. It wasn't bashed out. Yeah. You know, and they're not they're not bullied into submission. They do their thing and they do it really good, they're really well. So, like, yeah, I think you're onto something there. And I, I'm sort of ashamed, uh, envious of you not having your kids in a 
<laughs> in, no, in a, to, in a to, socialist to, factory thing as I do, but uh, like, uh, no, 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 right now they, they are. And, um, the, the reason, the reason being is we came to the realization after uh, two and a half years of traveling and, and, uh, you know, being the parent, being the friend, being the teacher and around each other, six people around each other all day long under stressful circumstances, you know, moving from yeah. place to place every 10 days or country to country. Amazing oh. journey. Uh, you know, we want to do it again. Um, but my wife and I decided if we could gift the kids one thing, what would that be? And it would be the ability to speak another language. Um, oh, yeah. And you can't learn that on, you know, maybe if you're really committed, you can learn that on YouTube or like via an app, no, but not really. No, yeah, but yeah, you have to be in the country. You, you have to be there. You have to be forced into it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We knew we'd have to immerse. And so we asked the kids, the oldest two at the time, nine and 11, were like, which country, which language? And by the way, you're going to go back to school. And I'm like, okay. Well, we were in France at the time, so there was definitely a lot of bias, you know. Uh, <laughs> They chose France and French and, um, you know, they're, they're fluent. So we're, we're, we're now thinking of, uh, you know, what's the next step? Um, because, oh. you know, we, we, we have been armed with the, um, C'est pas un problème, hein? français, non? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't show me up. I'm, I'm sure you speak like four or five languages. Like, <laughs> no, I, no. <laughs> yeah, the the uh, little exaggeration, man. They go, yeah, do it. Craft So now let's. Um, so what have we done? We, we've put education to rights. We've uh, we've talked a little bit about um, scarcity, Bitcoin. Um, with um, who can we trigger next? And it, we can only go. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the trigger podcast? It's the trigger show. <laughs> Let's trigger the trigger, happy people. <laughs> and this one, <laughs> but this one, this one's a doozy because you, you touch. It's one of it's, it's the biggest one of the biggest fud subjects around Bitcoin, and that is one of like it's harmful to the environment. And uh, I think you shoot it down beautifully in the book. Uh, I'd like you to talk about it, but I'd also like you to talk about your stance on um, the climate change. Because you are Swedish and you do have Greta <laughs> on your side, so no one, no one's triggered anybody more than Greta Thunberg this year. Ah, uh, yeah, you're basically asking me to commit social suicide here. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like I haven't already. But like, I'll give that a try. Okay. Um, I'm going to sit back. Is, first now. of all, first of all, I. I uh, I have to admit that I don't know enough about the uh, about climate change science, the actual science of it, and uh, the uh, I haven't like looked at the data and tried to uh, come up with something myself or try to verify it in any way. So the only the only uh, I don't really have the facts. I only have what the uh, what the telly tells me and like what the news tells me and what the conspiracists tell me it tells me and what Greta tells me and what like what those who don't believe in it at all tell me and like so I don't I I I don't know the extent to which uh, humans uh, change the climate on the on the planet and how how much of a problem it is to me, it could be anything from not a problem at all to a uh, disaster uh, happening in the next decade. I don't know. I don't know. And I believe 
very few people know and not that anyone really knows because like predictions like this when you try to make predictions about an entire planet uh, tend to be some <laughs> they are predictions of the future and those models that are taking in too many variables tend to be wrong in one direction or the other what I firmly believe though is that politicians can't change the weather no matter how hard they try and no matter no matter how much money we allow them to steal from our uh, fellow citizens uh, they won't be able to change anything and the only thing they can do is create fear and like like Greta says she wants them to panic I absolutely want no one to panic because I don't think that panic is a problem a, a suitable state of mind for problem solving in any sense I, I don't want anyone to panic about anything because panicking leads to bad things and like developing countries spew out a lot more uh, toxic things into the air than developed ones do and uh, I believe the the way to solve problems and to to uh, if you if you want a society to to have better problem sol solving uh, capabilities to actually solve problems you should promote uh, problem solving brains and like emphasize on abilities that that are actually useful for solving problems and I, I don't think politics has anything to do with problem solving uh, giving giving politicians more power is a, a recipe for disaster it has always been and it will always be and people keep on falling for it and I find it depressing that they do and that they f tend to forget and they they have this rainbowy fantasy about everything uh, being better if someone planned it out for us and like and they uh, and my friends keep telling me I I believe in humans too much and human capabilities too much uh, when, when I when I have sort of a libertarian standpoint on on political issues like this, and uh, they say you pe people aren't that uh, self-sufficient and they aren't that good at uh, like yeah, but that's exactly my point. That's why I don't want people to govern other people because I don't believe they're capable of doing it. So it's not that I have a that I think that everyone can uh, like support themselves. It's like I don't believe it's a good idea to put. A, a small group of people in charge of a large group of people. I, I think we should get away from that. And that is the very thing in the first place that is uh, is allegedly destroying the planet. Like there's something called Dunbar's number. You know about this? Like uh, I think it's um, uh, I haven't read up on it a lot lately, but it has something to do with how big an organization can be in order for it to to uh, to work uh, uh, to to fully realize its potential. I don't, 
not finding the right words here, but like if it's above like 160 people, then the boss can't possibly know all of them. And then uh, the organization like loses its foundation and bureaucracy ha happens soon after that. And I believe this, this is the main issue we have, that things are too centralized and too... There's like... There's a metaphor here somewhere. <laughs> There's a school of fish where there should be dolphins swimming around, scattered around everywhere. Like, no, this is bad metaphor. <laughs> I don't really know if this was an answer to the climate change thing, though. But I think I think a lot of people have. Uh, uh, misunderstood Bitcoin's environmental impact. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course, proof of work requires a lot of energy. But it also, uh, there's actually a use case for uh, like a, uh, an incentive to, to, uh, uh, to build power plants where you couldn't uh, earlier on because you couldn't, you couldn't transport the electricity uh, over big distances. I, I'm not the only one talking about this, by the way. Uh, not entirely my ideas, but like, uh, like no ideas are. But anyway, uh, you, you can use Bitcoin as a battery. That's the way I put it in the book. Like, uh, if you can, instead of sending the electricity away, you can use it for proof of work and uh, claim a a piece of the digital pie of the absolutely scarce number and you can transport that uh, instantly to the to the other side of the planet then uh, I think that's a net good for the environment because it incentivizes uh, people to build power plants uh, uh, to, to use more renewables basically but th th this is one aspect of it and I'm uh, um, the, the the big thing though that I think Bitcoin does and that is so overlooked even by those arguing for uh, pros and cons about the environmental thing is there's there's an alternative cost to not having a scarce asset as as a uh, as a monetary uh, as a money basically because all of that uh, energy that goes into proof of work. Uh, goes into Bitcoin, with, which is a technology that it's a savings technology that incentivizes people to save and accumulate capital and not spend, not spend their uh, the fruits of their labor on frivolous bullshit things. Which is what ha what's happening now. When we have inflationary currencies, uh, the more inflationary they are, they are the 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 more incentivized you are to spend them more quickly. And like Keynesian theory, uh, the, the the basic premise is that the more transactions they are, there are, uh, the the more valuable each, uh, like the more value we provide to each other because we transact more, and somehow that fuels the entire economic. But the the only thing it fuels, in my, as I say, it is a balloon, because as long as just spending isn't good for anything. It's spending on a capital good. That's that's what's 
that's what what's good for society like if you buy a fishing rod you can f catch fish with it if you buy a factory you can make things if you buy a 3d printer you can print things like these are <laughs> maybe bad examples but ex examples of capital investments as opposed to uh, consumer goods like if you spend them on chinese toys and uh, like <laughs> uh, like i said frivolous things that you don't really need uh, a, a new car every two years like uh, uh, stuff like that uh, then, then they're not really that's not value to me and i, I that's a lot more wasteful in the long run. Like, if we have, if we're living under that system, where we need GDP to grow every year, uh, and who said that that the greatest shortcoming of mankind was it's her inability to understand the exponential function? I think it's been misquoted by to Einstein several times. I don't remember who said it, but it's it's very true. Uh, like, and if. There's no point in trying to save the environment if if we're aiming for a. Uh, Greta is right about this, by the way. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, there's a stepping on everyone's toes. But like, uh, it is a fantasy that we could have infinite growth. We we can't, but we could if we had sound money, because then we would be incentivized to do the right thing instead of wasting. Uh, like that's why. Uh, <laughs> When walking on a beach in a developing country, you see uh, all these uh, salesmen that try to that try to sell you all this bullshit, this touristy bullshit. They're everywhere, and they have too much stuff, and they need a lot of stuff in order to sell stuff. Like, uh, and all of these all of these things stem from uh, a rotten monetary system. I think that you have to have way more fresh fruit in the store in order to, for people to be to, to want to buy fresh fruit so that you have to throw them away every day all, all this stuff it all comes from the rotten nature of our monetary system and this yeah yeah i i, I try to uh, I'm sidetracking a bit here. Uh, to stop no, no, me. It's no, it's not. It's called you know going down another rabbit hole, as you well know in the in the big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the, 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 the This is the thing. The rabbit holes I tell to I tend to fall into uh, always turn out to be honey badgers dens and not rabbit holes at all. <laughs> honey badgers with coronavirus biting me in the leg. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, where was I? Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I'm working on a sequel to the book, and uh, mm -hmm. I'm. I'm trying. I've been thinking a lot about how to explain uh, the relationship between Bitcoin and the types of money that we have now. Mm -hmm. And the 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 thing is, th this is like a theory. Is sort of the, the the outline of an economic theory. <laughs> and like I said, I have no economic background, so people please debunk me on this one but i think if the cost of is if the production cost of money is the cheapest thing there is in society then all prices will rise in comparison to the price of money and that is what we live in now and almost every price regardless of the the, the production prices uh, production cost of everything goes down over time 
because our our equipment gets better, our factories get better, our machinery get better. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, like, still prices rise, and the only the only explanation to that is that the money supply is increased because money is easier to make more of than everything else, except for like the the, the one. The one exception to the rule here is like uh, microchips because Moore's law has been so powerful. It's it's a bit less powerful right now. Uh, it's it's sort of leveling out the curve, but uh, uh, the price of electronics has been going down even even quicker than the price of the the, the production cost of money. Uh, uh, the opposite to that, if is if money is the most expensive thing to produce there is. And this has never been true for anything else than Bitcoin. Bitcoin will one day become the absolutely most expensive thing there is to produce. Like when, when there's 20,999,999 Bitcoins mined, there will be less than one left. It will be mining that Bitcoin will be extremely expensive in mm. comparison. And like, and becomes more and more expensive over time, which means that the prices of everything else will go down denominated in Bitcoin. Are you following me? Or yes, yes, I am. I am. I am. You, you like this? Yeah, way I do. Of I love thinking it. about it because, yeah, uh, yeah. and when, when, when I uh, like, when I first thought of this, I was like, can this really be true? Like uh, the the prices of everything else going down, regardless, like no matter what, prices will go down. And There's no world we've ever known, right? Uh, you know that's why it's so hard for us to even think about it. Like for, throughout our whole lives, prices have done nothing but go up. Yeah, exactly. And imagine a world where everything goes down all the time. Uh, it's 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 very hard to imagine what that would be like. And if, the, if it would lead to you buying, buying less stuff, uh, yeah, probably because it's so each easy to become filthy rich, but like when, whenever you become filthy rich, will you buy more stuff? Like what happens? <laughs> what happens there? And yeah, please tell me if I'm a complete idiot here, but uh, like the production cost of money to mm. me, must be the most basic thing there is like the production cost of money that's that's like the the poodle's kernel or whatever the expression is <laughs> <laughs> the the needle in the camel's eye <laughs> yeah that's gonna get some people thinking yeah sorry about that no 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 that that's that's incredible and this is gonna. This is the follow-up. This is your second book. That uh, this is what you're working on now. Yeah. Yeah. Are you doing a page a day again? Is is this the? I did during my vacation. I was in Spain for a month, uh, oh. and I wrote a page a day. Uh, no, I wrote for an hour a day actually. So it was very productive. I hadn't been writing about Bitcoin for a long time then, mm. and then it, it sort of like it, I just didn't have any inspiration. But I had some ideas outlined, and when I started writing, it just it, it came to me a lot easier. Like, uh, wow. the, the, yeah, the the success of this book has the, inspired me to write a follow up, which is sort of 
in the same vein as the, as the first one. And uh, <laughs> I have a lot of ideas. I, I, I don't know what I'll do next. And like, uh, I've always, my entire life, I've been doing some creative side project all the time. It used to be music a lot. And uh, I've written two books about Bitcoin in, in about the same uh, genre, like there chapters that uh, uh, the, the chapters are sort of uh, separated. There's not a, a continuing narrative throughout the whole thing, but there's some, uh, this, yeah, there's some sort of story in there anyway. But yeah. uh, so I've done that twice now and I, I don't know what's the, I'll probably like write a third book some someday. Do you have a and title for the second book? When, when are you expecting to release it? I have a title, but I'm not telling you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I, uh, I quoted a passage from the book on a podcast, and which instantly uh, uh, ended up on Twitter. I shouldn't have done that because, like, <laughs> it's not original anymore. I, I like to keep some of the gems like yeah, keep them close <laughs> where they are yeah keep them under uh, lock and key and that's one thing actually you tweeted recently um about <laughs> excuse me you tweeted recently uh about uh, memorizing memorizing your your um keywords and yeah, and that that tweet got. Uh, uh, I didn't get my point across. <laughs> you did? Oh, right. Okay. Really? So, I mean, the point I thought you were making was perfectly like genuine. It's like just remember your words. Like it's actually not that hard. Um, you know, I've done it myself, and so yeah. I can vouch for for what you're trying to say. So, okay, well, let let take us take us through it. Yeah. First of all, remembering twenty four words isn't that hard. That's mm -hmm. an alphabet, an alphabet, basically. Mm -hmm. You can learn that. like uh, Alpha, Charlie, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo. Right. It, you know, it's, it's not that hard to learn an alphabet. And uh, the second thing is, the, the point I'm really trying to make about that uh, is, is not that it's to, like, what I didn't know when I wrote the tweet is like, uh, what I should have known is like there's a, uh, a very specific word called a brain wallet a brain wallet uh, to me is is more of a like when <laughs> we live in bitcoin now the bitcoin era as i see it mm -hmm. where information it can be literally valuable and not only metaphorically valuable so information you have can be translated into value directly uh, which is the main difference from what we had before. I mean, information has always been valuable, like, especially secrets and like uh, <laughs> you're thinking about all these spy movies, microfilm, stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> so, so, but when information itself is valuable, uh, there are there are a a plethora of opportunities opening themselves up to the imaginative mind and what you can do with just passing a, a border between two countries and you see this sign that you can't carry more than 
a thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars in cash blah 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 and you have to leave your toothpaste because they believe it's could be nitroglycerin in it uh, like <laughs> but uh, the thing is you can keep my toothpaste as long as i can remember my uh, my seed phrase or whatever and the thing is you you can you can get a lot of password entropy by remembering just four of the 24 words or five of the 24 words like that would buy you enough time to cross a border and uh, getting the other words to the other side of the border is easy nowadays uh, if you have an internet connection you can you can get the other words over in no time and like uh, uh, like cracking cracking a 24 word seed phrase is is impossible if it's generated randomly and like uh, even even remembering just a part of that gives you a lot of time but this is this is also narrow minded thinking because you can do a lot more than just than just uh, carry a bitcoin wallet across a border with with this type of uh you can carry a lot more in your brain than that. I mean, you carry stuff in your brain across borders every time you cross a border. Like you have information in your brain. You have information about your relatives and their age. And like, <laughs> of course you have information in your brain. You, you, all your skills, all your all your knowledge are they're just there in your head, right? So so, so you, can, you can cross a border and win a quiz somewhere and transport wealth from one nation to the other that way. Are you following me? So like the difference now when we have Bitcoin is that you can literally move things with your head. And that, that was sort of the point I was trying to make. That That's the underrated aspect of a brain wallet in, in my mind. Like when the mind actually is a wallet, uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's not only like, oh, you can keep your password. Uh, like that's easy. I can just remember my pin code for my credit card. That's basically the same thing, isn't it? Uh, well, this is so much more than that. When when information actually is uh, uh, an expression of value, the, the, the entire global narrative about speech gets turned on its head. I mean, I, I believe we're we're going to be drooling idiots to the coming generations uh, since we haven't thought these things through through properly yet, because uh, just when you just start to think about these things there are like fast opportunities and possibilities opening themselves up like if information if words can be if you can assign uh, a monetary value to words that, that, that's like to me that's it's just incredible and it just keeps on blowing my mind mm. and, that that's that was the base basic thing about that tweet, is that I, I seldomly hear uh, Bitcoin people talk about this. I don't think we're we're having enough of a conversation about this. I mean, there are there are things, inventions like crypto steel and all these, uh, like how how do you store your private keys and how do you do this with how do you uh, and there's an emphasis on not revealing that information and not doing anything with it. And I think we ought to have a conversation about how we can, how we can use that information in, in different ways, because there's so many other ways than the internet to, to use Bitcoin, like open dimes, for instance, are uh, an incredible tool for that. And like, uh, but 
we don't we can we can use our heads we can we can use our language yeah, yeah. no uh, i hope that explains the tweet and uh, i know I, I i uh yeah i i couldn't really express myself properly in in that thread and not in the answers either so uh, sorry about that i hope this clears things up a bit the, the thing is i just want a conversation to start going about not only securing your Bitcoin, but what you can do with uh, the security aspects of it, what you can do with the language of Bitcoin. If you look forward um, like 50 to 100 years and you think about like uh, people looking back at this point in history, what, what do you think they're going to be like studying? Like, you know, what, what are they going to term this, this, what we're going through right now? Very good question. What do you think they will, will be studying? <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to. I, I want to borrow um, uh, a term from uh, another generation. And you know, like I think we're going through a, a great awakening. Um, yeah. Of orders of magnitude. Yeah. Something along those lines. Yes. And I don't like most people think I just talk about it because, you know, number go up, um, <laughs> which is important, which is of, of course, but you know, that's important for me, for my, for my kids and my kids, kids, and, you know, I, I, it's generational wealth that I, I think that, that, um, could oh. be created here. Yeah. And insurance policy for my grandchildren. <laughs> it, completely. Yeah, I, I, uh, th this is a rabbit hole I dive into in the book as well. Like, uh, I compare it to feudal knights that could dub their, that like you could be dubbed a knight by the king, and that echoes. Monty Python again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Me. Shrubbery. That that echoes. Uh, today in our reality today like uh, in Sweden and uh, in many other uh, European states we have like uh, uh, still the, the the remnants of the feudal society uh, they're they're not gone at all they, like, we have kings and queens and we have lords and we have like all of that stuff is generational wealth being passed down through generations and that used to be a, a, a very very privileged thing but it's not anymore because you can do it. Anyone can do it. You can dub your kids knights and you can, you can time lock your Bitcoin. Uh, so, so that you ensure that, uh, okay, here you go, kid. You have here an insurance policy for like five generations ahead. So survive you little brat and uh, <laughs> reproduce for five generations. So you will have none of this. <laughs> And you can have a like a portion of it forever, <laughs> for well, every. I'm generation. going to marketing it for you. That, that's not yeah, <laughs> that that's, you, you can only unlock this part of your wealth if if, if you if you can uh, digitally verify that mm. you have uh, if you somehow can verify to the Bitcoin network that you reproduced and uh, made more kids made more copies of yourself and like. Uh, <laughs> This is this is what I mean about imagination. You have to you have to like uh, 
the, the, I think there are so many unexplored areas here and so many, we will, uh, like a great awakening. Uh, I, I think only a very, very few of us has, has like, uh, we're, we're slumbering now and starting to open one eye. Uh, most of us are in deep, deep sleep. <laughs> and on, and uh, like I said, we're like the generations ahead would look upon us as drooling idiots for, for falling for all this bullshit. And, and like, what were they doing back then? Why were they, why were they still, there were so many historical uh, uh, like examples of disastrous governments and stuff uh, and fiat money's all going to shit, all the historical, they had all that data then. So why did they still do it? What 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 made them fall into the f same trap generation after generation? That's what I think. That's in, yeah, it's interesting, huh? It, when you when you play it out on that timeline, and the uh, yeah, well, we'll see what plays out. But um, I think you know, as I said, there's it's an exciting time to be alive, and I'm you know I'm I'm bullish for the future. I'm not dystopian um you know coiner uh I, I i see good things ahead um i, I don't yeah. see citadels and, and things like that you know for me that's a bit of fun uh, but some people you know it's um it's all about protect what you have and they're going to come after you and i think yeah, i don't believe that at all it's uh, like uh, well that i understand the like the second amendment as a uh, continuation of the thought process of the first amendment like why who are you going to trigger now why, <laughs> yeah 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 every, everyone <laughs> so i'm gonna bash the the the, the anti-gun uh, <laughs> and then i'm gonna bash the the trigger happy uh, redneck uh, <laughs> the people that think they can escape the violence violent clutches of the government by owning a fucking shotgun like, like <laughs> i think they're all stupid <laughs> I, I need another beer <laughs> oh, maybe not. Uh, yeah for sure keep them coming <laughs> so like uh no i the thing is uh I've been thinking about uh, what to write and like writing a dystopia is like mm. uh, if if I were to write a novel one day I'd probably write a dystopia because uh, some of my favorite books are are sort of dystopic uh, right. even if they're like or have some dystopic elements to them like uh, like my favorite book is 1984 so and mm -hmm. the emperor's new clothes but <laughs> it's another one <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I and like I saw on Twitter today, just before this, uh, someone asked, "Is someone writing a Bitcoin sci-fi?" And I thought about it for a while, and like I've been having ideas about this and what what you could do with it. But mm -hmm. as you say, I'm an optimist. I'm bullish for the future. So I I, I think Bitcoin solves problems, and like if you can't really write a dystopia if you if you're if you're sort of positive about the future. I mean, there's a lot of bullshit going on and a lot of things going wrong and all this docile sheep everywhere. Uh, like, of course, and uh, it's easy to write about them, but it's, I don't think, I've, I think you have to be a bit more negative to write to the Sophia. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Okay, so 
who would you like to hear come out and talk about Bitcoin? If there was one person that um, could reach, you know, a far wider audience than that we could ever hope to reach and have more people, you know, get on boarded before like um, governments or banks or whatever, you know, just general people who, who would you like to, to come out and be pro Bitcoin? Who do you think would move the needle for people to come, you know, to the front gate, wake up and just buy the first 20 euros, 20 pounds, whatever it is, and just get on the train and start, start the educational journey. Uh, that's a very good question too. Um, I, the, the first thing that comes to mind is I wish Christopher Hitchens was alive. Mm -hmm. I miss him. <laughs> uh, and his way of his way of uh, debating and and talking uh, is really was really inspirational, I think. And to be so so elegantly arrogant and uh, humane at the same time, uh, like. But he's not alive. Uh, I thought about like Sam Harris would do a good job. Uh, this this ties into the whole financial atheism thing because I really like those guys and their writings and uh, their their arguments. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I believe it would be a lot better if Sam Harris was to uh, embrace Bitcoin and be a Bitcoin only type of person. I think it's less likely but uh, than, than for example Jordan Peterson because I think uh, Jordan Peterson, so if, if you're talking about this pseudo intellectual sort of uh, what, what's it called? Intellectual dark web people. <laughs> uh, and like if, if uh, Sam Harris talked about it, he would, he would convert more people because he has a different audience than uh, like if Jordan Peterson started to, to like embrace it, it, it would tie in with his like uh, Deepak Chopra of Christianity type n narrative there. And uh, I think that would like scare some uh, segment of the population away from it because of the, uh, a lot of thing, the things he says are, are really great and like uh, he's really good at debating social justice warriors but a lot of the things he says are just complete nonsense and uh, I think and it's sort of cultist behavior things uh, and like uh, so so that's that's not that's not the top one I've, I've seen like people been trying to get Joe Rogan to talk about it right and uh, I, I think Dave Rubin would be a better choice uh, than Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan recently came out and he said that he would vote for Bernie, uh, which is <laughs> yeah, uh, not a potential Bitcoiner then, probably. <laughs> uh, not saying that there are any good at yeah. alternatives because right. there aren't. But anyway, uh, Rubin would, he, he's been in, he's had Roger Veer on a couple of times, which is oh. unfortunate now, mm -hmm. uh, pre the fork and everything. And like, and that's sort of the, the, the saddest aspect of this. Oh, I'm sidetracking again, but uh, like the, uh, uh, the saddest aspect of this, I think is all the, the people that, seem to be such good spokespersons for 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 bitcoin who turned out to be narcissistic egomaniacs 
<laughs> like uh, who started their own shit coins and like all this pro Bitcoin nonsense and all, all these uh, like they're missing the points. They're all missing the points. And in my in my view, they're all missing the point. This isn't a payment system. Uh, that's that's not the invention here. We have payment systems already. This the payment system is not is not where it's at. It's the scarcity that's the, the framing of scarcity and the that we actually manage to organically discover scarcity on the internet, which was a true black swan swan event. But back to your question: Who would I want to endorse Bitcoin? Um, if Elvis came back to life and endorsed it, <laughs> the... <laughs> well, did he ever die? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, don't know. Uh, don't know. Uh, do you have a good qu answer to that question yourself? I'm going to trigger you. Uh, yeah, I, I do. Um, Greta. I want Greta. Yeah. yeah. Because the age demographic is perfect. And if she was to come out and say, you know, we don't need to flood the streets anymore. You, you don't need to. Yeah. You just have to buy Bitcoin on your phone. And yeah. we just take, it would take but, five, ten years and we just seize control and we take it from them. And I, I would say give Greta five years. Mm. Or give her five years and then she might. Because she, she will start to question things. She could like, question her upbringing. Exactly. The education, what have we talked about today? The education system. If she could turn, turn, turn that on its head, which, you know, it's like, you know, it's not serving any of us, yeah. right? It's not serving any of those kids. Right. She has the voice. The, no, but she's, she's, you have to know she's coming from a family uh, that is very uh, <laughs> politically active. Right. <laughs> as they call it like so so her background is not only the swedish school uh, uh, educational system it's it's her family's background as well so and we we have the uh consumerism problem you know a few tweets from her like guys stop buying shit you know that that would make uh, a huge difference for that generation and you know start you know start stacking sats and then I think we, we yeah. make a huge dent in five, 10 years um, in the adoption and, you know, changing the narrative of, of governments. Yeah. Like that's what we should focus on. Like the, all these, uh, <laughs> this lovely bunch of outsiders on Bitcoin Twitter, we should, we, we should uh, focus on converting Greta. That's a, that's a very noble cause. Like, uh, not like not like trying to uh, trying to change her mind on on climate change because that that's that's not possible i think i i think we should present this as the solution to climate change which is very well could be bitcoin fixes this yeah bitcoin yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to climate change i would say bitcoin might fix this <laughs> for several for several reasons not saying that there's anything wrong with Bitcoin fixes this, but like, is there anything to fix? <laughs> like, <laughs> just to trigger, trigger another segment there. <laughs> Bitcoin, no, but Bitcoin fixes this in the sense that uh, uh, the 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 uh, the alarmists won't have 
uh, as powerful tools to uh, to manipulate like tax tax taxation rules and like like the the alarmists won't be able to force their views upon others uh, as easily so in that sense the bitcoin definitely fixes the climate problem because that's the real problem <laughs> 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 oh, 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 I'm in deep waters here. Uh, whether or not the f it fixes the actual climate problem, um, no matter the scale of the problem, uh, is debatable. I think it does because it incentivizes people to to figure out how to monetize. There's, there's a way to monetize re renewables Another way to monetize renewables will trigger more de better development of renewables, mm -hmm. and I think that's really necessary. What we're doing now, like I work, uh, I work for a company that uh, uh, we uh, uh, we're sort of a taxi service for technicians for wind farms. Okay. So, so there's crew transfer vessels that uh, go out to wind farms with technicians and. Uh, I, I'm the, I'm the one that uh, I, I'm the crew manager, so I, I manage the crews around uh, the North Sea and who goes where and whatnot. Uh, a bit beside the point, but what I've seen from these wind farms is like the, sometimes someone forgets like a monkey wrench or something, mm -hmm. and the CTV has to drive back to the port uh, in, into port again, like for two hours of burning diesel mm. in order to fetch a tool take it out again to the to the site and give it to the technician and like sometimes the two technicians working for two different companies and then there are two ctvs going next to each other so they burn the double amount of fuel while going out to the to the wind farm and this is like the politicians love it because they have the the veil of uh, oh we're saving the planet and the environment thing here because we're building wind farms and then they love it in the sense that uh, we're giving all these local fishermen and these local uh, shipyard people a lot of work as, <laughs> and they get to sell their oil as well at the same time so so it's like i don't really believe in politically subsidized solutions because no. i believe uh, to to actually have a functioning renewable uh, thing it needs to it needs to uh, to be uh, on a real market and i believe we never had real markets like if it's if it makes sense in a sound money uh way uh if it's actually re renewable energy and free energy in that sense then it will happen by itself uh without political subsidies and i think bitcoin is a shortcut to this like uh, like i said you can use it as a battery and you can when when these uh natural uh, energy resources like geothermal and wind and uh, solar and uh, like water whenever they make a, a surplus of electricity that you can't really transport anywhere you can uh, you can hedge that with a bitcoin battery like a bitcoin mining farm connected to it and i i think this is a really something uh that someone with with more money to invest in such things than I have should, should really try out because I think it's a good idea. And uh, if it's not a good idea, I'd like to hear why. Yeah. Uh, um, I've been following um, Steve Barber on Twitter. I don't know if you follow him. Um, yeah, I follow him. Yeah. Right. 
I, I definitely want to try and get him onto the uh, the show to talk about this and get some real insights into you know what what's going on out in the field and uh, that this this whole concept and the idea around exactly what you're explaining um, sounds fascinating and it, it could really be uh, you know the the answer uh, <laughs> that we're all looking for. Yeah. Yeah, it could very well be. Yeah. All right. Well, what's, um, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on before, uh, before we wrapped up? Because we've definitely been talking for, uh, a long time. How long? Um, How long have we been talking? I think about an hour and 20 minutes, maybe at this stage. Oh, I must have been carried away (laughs) (laughs) at some point. Um, no, yeah, yeah, we could we could wrap things up. I don't I don't think I have anything anything more really important to delve into. Uh, I, I should probably do a lot of shout outs here since you since you put the. I I, I was going to ask you definitely because you said right at the beginning that you've you've got some amazing uh, support from people within the community. So if there's anyone that you want to thank and shout out, then uh, go ahead and um, you know let them know. That, uh, yeah, the, yeah. Just uh, every time I hear my book mentioned or see it somewhere in a Bitcoin uh, uh, <laughs> environment, like I I. I um, I heard it mentioned on several podcasts before and like, uh, I really enjoy that. Uh, and, uh, uh, I could give a shout out to Tim, the wizard of Oz. <laughs> yes. We're, we're doing this thing in, uh, in Riga, hopefully. Uh, maybe I, maybe this is a secret and I shouldn't r- reveal it. So too much about it. So I'll, I'll keep it at that. Okay, uh, and Bruce, while we're in Australia, he he listened to the entire book on the crypto economy whilst Bitcoin walking. Uh, that's that's how I found your uh, your podcast. Uh, really fascinating story about his life. Yeah, really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, and all the uh, the other authors, of course. Uh, uh, they're Gigi. Yeah, I met Gigi in Riga. I really like the guy. I had a lot of contact with him afterwards as well. Uh, I'm enjoying his book. Uh, 21 Lessons is uh, the book format is really nice. Uh, could, uh, very, very glad that he did it that way. And uh, John Pritzer, uh, inventing Bitcoin. Um, he's been mentioning sovereignty a, a lot of times. And he uh, and uh, shout out to him for giving the book to Dan Tapiero, this big <laughs> macro guy that read it yeah. <laughs> on a flight from SF to New York, and uh, that really blew my mind. Wow. <laughs> uh, uh, and it was Raul yesterday that I was speaking to. That it was Dan Tapiero yeah. that that switched Raul finally, um, made like uh, all the all the sats started dropping. So. Uh, that could have yeah, been yeah. your book. Who knows? Yeah, Raul, read the book. Dan did. <laughs> <laughs> and he liked it. <laughs> yes, and uh, yeah, uh, of course, to the all the uh, the regular Bitcoin people, uh, like, what's he called? 61 and 2 Bitcoin, the Bitcoin only guy. Right, yeah. 
Yeah, he's been very helpful as well. Of course, Kalle Rosenbaum, I should mention him. And the other Swedes I met in Riga, you know who you are. Uh, had lunch with, lunch with them a couple of weeks ago, the Gothenburg Bitcoiners here and the, the guy from uh, Bitcoin.se. Uh, uh, and uh, like, what more shout outs? Like, uh, yeah, thanks to Giacomo Suko for reading the book uh, and liking it. And uh, uh, I don't know if Seyfedin has read it yet. Uh, I met him in Riga and he's got a copy of it. And he's, uh, he's, he said, he tweeted once that he would write something about Bitcoin and um, the environment. And he said that uh, Knut Swanholm has already written what I would have written. Ah. And that, that ah. is, that, that single comment sort of, triggered me to write more <laughs> because wow. I was so proud of it that, and that was like two or three years ago but I don't know if it if he's read That's the book amazing. yet and uh, well I, I don't I'm, if, sure, I'm sure he doesn't know that he had that effect on you so you know you never know who you're inspiring right and, and so no I think I, to, I think I told him <laughs> in Riga <laughs> yeah and of course all the translators I mean I'm I'm so uh, that's that's one thing that I'm so grateful for with this community like the people in Finland uh, that uh, uh, Thomas Brand is the, the the name of the translator there uh, and Volker Herminghaus in in uh, Deutschland who had translated it into German those guys were really friendly and there are a couple of other translations uh, underway I won't give out, out those names before right. they're done <laughs> but there's like a Polish one a Russian one a Spanish one and an Italian one uh, coming Man, up congratulations that's crazy yeah I'm so happy about this I never <laughs> like uh, yeah it seems to be working <laughs> that's crazy that's incredible that's um yeah wow yeah and yeah. I gave Dan Held a book I don't know if he's read it yet I'd really mm -hmm. like to know that if he did uh, <laughs> uh yeah what what more shout outs uh well, where could where should people find you? Where should people find the book? I mean, that that's um, obviously the main the main reason. Um, well, let's let's get as many copies of these book of this book in people's hands as possible. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, they can find me on Twitter. I'm at Knut on on Twitter. I thought you were going to say you're at, at Officer Cunt, but that's not, not, not the case. No, I haven't opened that account yet. <laughs> Don't steal it from me. <laughs> but that's an instant ban. <laughs> I, believe yeah, I don't think Jack's going to allow that one. <laughs> uh, no, no. Uh, Jack, that's the guy. I think he's already a Bitcoin. He should, he should get, keep on doing what he's doing. I really like him. Like. Yeah. His approach to this is so much better than the, all the other ones. Uh, I guess he has to fight all this censorship thing. But the thing about it is Twitter is still a private company. It's not a, it's not a government thing. So it's, it is censorship in a way, but uh, it's, it's his platform and we upload things into it and he can do with it whatever he likes. Like, like where do you draw the line? Here's another couple of toes to step. I won't go into the whole censorship debate. This is bullshit. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll get on with the shout outs. They can find my book on Amazon. Uh, a paperback, a Kindle, and an audiobook version is available and uh, read by, their G uh, read by uh, Guy Swan. Uh, 
who's an excellent reader of Bitcoin books and articles. And uh, the book is also available for free on his podcast. Uh, he reads it in in five episodes and comments on it. Um, uh, his comments are great. I, I love listening to his comments and his thoughts. Yeah, um, yeah. About your topic. Yeah, it's like, yeah. He opened my mind on on a couple of the subjects even more when I heard the comments on it. Mm. And let me just scroll through my t- Twitter feed here. So I'm not miss- yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, shout out to Hodlonaut. Already said that. Uh, like Fractal Encrypt. You know this guy? Oh, that that piece of work is just incredible. Yeah, I, jaw dropped when I saw that sovereignty uh, through mathematics was in that thing. Uh, I. I I couldn't. I was speechless. I I couldn't believe it. <laughs> so if you haven't seen the 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 Bitcoin full node statue from Fractal Encrypt, uh, Fractal Encrypt, uh, you should definitely check it out. Uh, and it's it's a prototype at this point, as I understand it, of a fully functional Bitcoin full node. Uh, but right now there there aren't uh, little LED screens on it, but uh, there's just everything is just written on it, like uh, current hash and uh, block heights and whatever. Uh, it's it's not really a functioning thing yet, but it will be. So right now it's just a piece of art, but uh, but it's a really really beautiful thing, very very trippy and uh, mathematical at the same time, whatever that means. Uh, no, no, it's incredible. It is incredible. I urge anybody to go and check that out. Yeah. And uh, who else here? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks to Jens Fried for inviting me to the Stockholm FinTech Week and uh, all the podcasters I've been on, like uh, Dennis Reinman. He's a good guy too. That's <laughs> in Riga. Uh, oh, there are so many of them. Uh, yeah, there's a new book from this uh, Besant Denier, uh, Emil Sandstedt. That's another Swede who's written a book about the history of money. He's an old Bitcoiner too, and uh, had some contact with him. And uh, good luck with to, to him with his book. I'd like to see more from this Joni Appelberg. Uh, do you know this guy? No another Swede who used to make uh, little explainer videos about Bitcoin uh, sketch videos they're really really excellent stuff but he's not uh, he's not doing very many of them uh, at the moment he's a doctor I believe so I, mm-hmm. I guess he's busy and uh, <laughs> yeah with coronavirus uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, no, no, no. Uh, no, 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 we're not going down that rabbit hole. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, oh no, that, that's that's the biggest downside of uh, the coronavirus. I, you only won't be able to do as much videos as. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What else do we have? Uh, uh, yeah, there's there are so many. I uh, could name so many. Well, <laughs> of course. Feel free to um to send them over to me, and I'll make sure that uh, everybody gets put in the show notes, and uh, that, that nobody will be missed. But um, it's, yeah, uh, it's been a it's been a great conversation. Thanks, thanks so much for coming on the show and connecting on Twitter. Um, the, the you know like what a place that is like to to meet like-minded people. 
And, yeah. yeah, it's surreal the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, and uh, thanks so much for having me on, man. Uh, this was great. Uh, like, I'd like to have a two-way conversation one day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure we'll meet in a bar one day, and we can. Uh, we yeah. can know each other, uh, you know, a little better. Yeah, you're you're not that far away from Munich compared to how far away I am. <laughs> Well, I'll I'll put it on the calendar and I'll see if it's possible. Yeah. It's the uh, second and third of June, I believe. Right, and okay. then there's Riga is like uh, first weekend of September, something like that, or October. I don't remember. Right, they okay. haven't announced it yet, so I don't think they have nailed the date yet. But that's that's really from what I hear, it's the place to go for where all the. The funny Bitcoin, where where Bitcoin Twitter goes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much, um, Canute. Thanks for your work. Thanks for your book. Can't wait for the next one. And um, we'll do this again um, once once that one's out in the open. We can uh, we can do a round two on the podcast and, and discuss that one. Yeah, can't wait, man. <laughs> All right, listeners. <laughs> um, Commander Khan tonight. I mean, um, Canute. <laughs> We made we made the uh, the newbie podcasters error of um, stopping record and uh, we hung out on Zoom a little more and carried on drinking and got into more rabbit holes. And, uh, and yeah, during we, that time, during the, we we realized that during the time of recording, um, Bitcoin tanked about seven hundred and fifty bucks. Was that right? Canute, uh, what is that much? Uh, yeah, it was like like we 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 realized we hadn't looked at a price all day and it was down to nine thousand four hundred. So. That was a nice little bonus. Uh, <laughs> yes, and just to let you know, not many people know this, but right. this is actually the last time ever, 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 ever that Bitcoin will be under 10K US dollars. <laughs> so, so this is your chance, newbies. Just get your hands on as many sets as possible because you will not get another chance like this. And this has been true five times already. So why shouldn't it be true again? Uh, and I, mean, another, I feel another hat tip. The hodler note coming out. At, at this yeah, point. yeah. Shout out to Mr. Space Cat. <laughs> I have a, I have a Mr. Space Cat cut out here. Uh, yeah, let me show you that. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do have it. You actually do have the mask. That that's crazy. I love it. <laughs> we're we're all fucking Mr. Space Cat, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, right so the reason, the reason we started to record again was because somehow we got back around to um sweden and um one of the urban myths i thought was an urban myth about um being the first country to go is ca uh, cashless and i wanted to ask Knut about that and that's what prompted me like whoa wait toilet break let's go get another drink and let's get into it and let's press record <laughs> so here we are uh Knut, what what is going on Urban legend or not? Is Sweden going? Uh, are we going cashless? Assuming that I'm knowledgeable, about, that I'm knowledgeable about this stuff. <laughs> well, there, there are a lot of uh, like brick and mortar stores that are not uh, accepting cash any longer here. Uh, definitely, and a lot of places where you just can't buy with cash. Like I had a colleague. Uh, it's a couple of years back, actually. Like more than five years back uh, that uh, lived in 
uh, somewhere in the West Indies, uh, who was so surprised by the uh, public transport system here in Gothenburg because he couldn't pay for his tickets with cash. Uh, he could only pay with his phone or with his credit card, preferably his phone. And like, there's, there's no way to pay for the ticket. There's no, I can't. I, I think it was just with the phone, actually, just with the app. Right. So, and uh, that's that sort of direction. If you want to know where that's where that leads, just look at China and what's happening there now. And like, yeah, everyone is paying. Like the the weird shit that is going on in China right now. Now, now I'm not talking about Sweden. I'm talking about China. <laughs> but the thing is, I see this cashless society thing. Like, this is the like the worst. The worst possible dystopian uh, like path we can take if there's no resistance to to uh, to every large bank and every institution knowing about our transactional behaviors like there's so much you can extract from that about a person mm -hmm. and the, the thing is uh, you're you're actually on you with the, this social score thing that they have in China, you heard about it, right? Yeah. Uh, everyone has a social score and they have an app called WeChat, which they yeah. pay with and everything is QR codes and they pay with their phones. And uh, now when the coronavirus hit Wuhan, they cut off the entire city by making the phones useless outside of the city. So they can't pay for shit as seen uh, in the city. Yeah. Uh, they can't pay for shit if they leave Wuhan, and that in itself is scary. And like, if you jaywalk, if you uh, if if you jaywalk in China, you get an automatic fee. They just take the money out of your account. You, the government is in complete control of you. You you you're you're a puppet at best. There was a Black Mirror episode about this, right? Like you know. Um... Yeah, I bet I bet there was. I haven't seen them all. I saw uh, I saw half of the first season. Right. It was one of those. Like, um, yeah, but it wasn't based in China. It was based in the US. But like, yeah. I watched it. Like, any of those episodes just freaked me the hell out. But yeah, yeah, it's scary as fuck. So you think like that's happening in Sweden? Like, for real? Like, that's, that's where you're headed? And nobody's. Uh, I, I think the... it's happening to, to a much wider extent uh, than people realize. Like, I had to, in order to keep my. Uh, banking app on my phone hmm. i had to i had to do the whole the kyc aml thing with the bank hmm. so i had to tell them where the money's coming from what i mainly use the account for and all this stuff they needed it for something which they rather not say what it is and like i <laughs> and i tried to avoid it for as long as i can as i could but then, the, like, and I'm so glad I I I fell into Bitcoin at an early, semi-early stage. I well, it's still early, but mm -hmm. like, uh, first time I uh, I ever got Bitcoin, I had the blockchain.info app, uh, and blockchain.info. Then they've been doing this KYC thing for like years now, like where they where they give out stellar lumens, whatever that that is. It's not valuable to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Weird that they're not giving away bitcoins, is there, isn't it? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, 
so uh, if you fill out your KYC form, so that's like uh, they're they're being compliant with something that someone from some institution in the EU pushed on them. I'm 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 certain they they some some governmental entity pushed them into doing that. I don't believe they. I don't believe they did it by themselves. I've uh, seen the same, the, the same rise of this in London. Um, you know, I was there just uh, at the start of January and everywhere you go now, you just tap in and out of the, uh, the tube with, um, with your contactless card and yeah. or your phone. Just uh, like in Hong Kong. Right. Exactly. And every time, you know, I, I would go and meet, um, meet people for coffee and like the average age of the people I was meeting with, you know, mid twenties to you know, 25, 28, something like that. Everybody was playing, just, just tap and go, tap and go, tap and go phone or card, phone or card, not, not yeah. even, just not reaching for cash at any stage. Yeah. 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 And I see people paying with the, with their watches everywhere now. Right. Even in bars and stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah. Nuts. and the thing with that is that, we don't realize it yet, but we'll probably have a social score right now. Extracted from all the data, from all the social media we're on. We're associated with like, like between five and 10 years ago, they could, they could, uh, they suspected that you were highly intelligent if you had liked curly fries on Facebook. <laughs> And, uh, and so imagine what they can do today, what these AI things, mm. what kind of data they extract. You have a social score. It's already there. You're, you're categorized into, you're not, you're not in any way unsurveyed. Like, <laughs> and no. London has been horrible for, for ages. There are cameras everywhere. Like, and there's a camera the size of uh, uh, <laughs> well, cameras are extremely small. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like the uh, uh, needle's head, like uh, yeah. size camera. Uh, you, uh, it's so scary what, where we're headed. Uh, Black Mirror is a good. Uh, well, you know, my, my kids, I tried to explain to them, like, you know, why why I refuse to get something like an Alexa. It's like, you know, you've seen the old James Bond films. The first thing he does, he walks into a hotel room and the first thing he does is sweep for bugs. Yeah. Right? yeah. With his gadgets. And yeah. now we buy them. Yeah. 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 What is this? <laughs> we just buy them. Like, yeah, exactly. And they're on us all the time. And yes. And the thing, there are conspiracy theories about, oh, my phone must be listening to me at, at all times yeah. because I, I am, people are convinced that they, uh, the, their uh, microphones are on all the time. Mm -hmm. And when you ask uh, like AI people about this, it's like, why would we do that? We can, ex we can extract all that information anyway. We don't need to do that. Like we, we know more from like the typing speed of yep. your finger than we could ever extract from whatever we, whatever you stay into that. Yeah. And this is so, this has gone so far already and there's nothing we can do to stop it. That we can, we can reclaim some 
some sovereignty through mathematics. Ah, <laughs> nicely shielded. Yeah, through uh, through Bitcoin. That is uh, that is like the only shot we have at this. The one shot principle. I'm a, This is a part of the new book as well. I, I lay that out. Uh, a bit no better. spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. I've already said this somewhere, but about about that scarcity on the internet could only be discovered once because of the nature of data. Resistance to replicability is the invention. Hmm. And replicating that is obviously obviously futile. Hal Finney knew this. Hmm. And I think there's a, a quite a large... He's one of my most probable candidates for actually being Satoshi. There is. It makes sense that he went away and died. <laughs> well, he's not dead. He's in a cryo-freezer, but that's a different story altogether. He's time-locked himself, his head, somewhere. <laughs> that, is, that is completely uh, unbelievable. I, uh, I would love to uh, see. You know, that's now, that's, uh, that's, that's a uh, plot for a sci-fi movie. It, like, it's Austin Powers. Like, it's been done. It's like, <laughs> oh, uh, that was about the cryo-freezing thing? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, but this, this is the story. Let, let me just rant on about this. Hal Finn's oh. head gets, gets attached to some sort of robot like 500 years into the future. Right. And uh, people are living in citadels and there are some time-locked bitcoins that are in the bottom of the ocean because they were all lost in a tragic boating accident and he, <laughs> he needs to use his cybernetic uh, body to, in order to find... I mean, I mean there's, there's so much to do there. <laughs> yeah, I said no spoilers. You've just, <laughs> you've just given away the whole book. The whole no, I've, given a, I've given away an idea to someone else. <laughs> <laughs> So, so if you're Isaac Asimov 2.0, please write this novel. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I, we, we've definitely got to call it a night now. But uh, thanks for um, thanks for talking about like the cashless society and yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I was missing the point then. Uh, <laughs> I know in Germany there's a big resistance to cash, the, the cashless society and people uh, insist on buying stuff with cash. And there's something like that going on with senior citizens here. But unfortunately, like they just made new, new, new bills, like they reprinted all the money. Mm. And you had to cash in the old ones and get new ones. And like, right. Exactly. When Which I see when I see is just worthless. Yeah. Uh, the thing is that the, there was a, a, a video on Twitter some time ago with a money printing press just going yeah. like scary. See that? Yep. I said, how many people that see that? Oh, uh, the, the, I, showed the first... kids, I showed my kids. I made every single one of my kids watch that. Yeah, yeah. And think about what you're seeing. Yep. It's not just this is how money is made. Oh, there's, they're made in a factory. Of course they are because we have... No, no, no. They're printing more money. Yep. There shouldn't be more of it ever. Yep. There's something wrong here. You don't get it. I said to my kids, what do you think? I said, oh, that's great. That's more money. I said, no, they're stealing from you. you Every did? single yeah. one of those sheets of paper is devaluing what you 
your pocket money, it's devaluing your birthday money, it's devaluing absolutely anything. Yeah. They're fraudulent. They're fraudulent pieces of paper. Hmm. They do not represent whatever they claim to represent, the value they claim to represent. They're fraudulent. That is counterfeiting and nothing else. It's the same thing. It's one of the most powerful little memes or videos or whatever you want to call it that I've I've watched in a while. And when you actually see it being printed like that. Yeah, and but I, I've seen stuff like that before, but I never, before Bitcoin, I was never reflecting on, on what, what it actually does, what, what they're actually doing. Why are they printing more money? Mm. How can they print more money? Whether somewhere, did someone find more gold and put in a vault somewhere? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, who pushes that button? Oh. Who makes that decision? Like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so scary. <laughs> I don't trust it at all. Sad to say. But that's where we'll leave it. And um, thanks again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. All right, we're back. We're, okay. we're back the only reason we we're back is because uh Knut and i um started talking about the uh the prisoner's dilemma which was um tweeted out by um phil Bonello. and yeah Knut has a theory about nation states and how nation states can yeah, yeah. bitcoin so over to you Knut, please why yeah yeah you just showed me a a version of the classical prisoner's dilemma game theoretical thing there about uh, like why why this is basically saying why nation states will start to accumulate bitcoin and that's like if if both nation a and nation b does not uh, buy bitcoin central ban banking is unaffected if a buys early and gets uh, if a buys early a nation A will get rich, B is a late adopter and poor. Uh, and if B buys early and gets rich, A is a late adopter and gets poor. So, uh, so what will inevitably happen, uh, according to this game theoretical thing here, is that both A and B will try to become early adopters, but they won't give up their monopoly on, on money. So that nation states will, uh, is, this, is this the point here? That nation states will accumulate Bitcoin, but at the same time, not give up their monopoly on money. No, no, no. no, no. They would have to give up their monopoly on money. Uh, they would have to sooner yeah. or later. Yeah. If A, and B, if A and B become early adopters, they have to give up monopoly on money. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's so the so that, that's the point of that picture. But, mm -hmm. but what, what this is missing or, or like the, the flaw here in my in my point of view is that a nation state uh, cannot hold a private key uh, uh, it's not your keys not your bitcoin right mm -hmm. so and uh, who in the nation state are are you going to give that like how are you going to manage uh, a nation state holding Bitcoin. Bitcoin obsoletes the nation state in this sense because uh, it, it, a Bitcoin private key is a personal thing. If you have mm. the knowledge about the private key, you have access to that 
to that money uh, and you you and you uh, whoever has the key can unlock it so you could either spread the key uh, uh, so that mm, uh, what you're kind of yeah. trying to say is there's a single point of failure it's like you know like who holds the the keys to like the the nuclear missiles sort of thing. yeah there's an there's an inevitable single point of failure and even if you divide it up into uh like subsets like uh so a an institution of some kind has like each person in the institution has this and this amount of bitcoin it's still there's still no guarantee there because this it still needs to be unlocked by every single individual. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do, you a, 20, a, do you give 24 members of the government like a, a word each and they've all got to turn up at the same day at the same time? Like, Yeah, it's akin to those uh, double keys like for, for launching a nuclear missile or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, someone... Yeah, the, it would have to, have to be some sort of multi-sig setup or like... like uh, like the just like the keys to a, a nuclear warhead that that's how i see how a nation state could do this and uh, but but in the end like doesn't really work with bitcoin i don't really see it happening like well i i just brought up the idea the idea of bulgaria because bulgaria are widely known to be you know a stack and sats and but is this now what, what do you mean by widely known well, okay, not widely known. Um, <laughs> um, is it, is it known at all? Or did you just say? Yeah, yeah, no, no. Tweets have been. Uh, they've gone around like, uh, who are the um, who owns the most Bitcoin? And like uh, number one, two, or three is uh, nation state of Bulgaria. Um, but yeah, but how how can a nation state own Bitcoin? This, so this, this is, to your point, actually, what, what your point is saying is somebody in the government there gets it and is just stacking sats to fill their own pockets. Yeah, but well, that won't be the official story, of course. Mm -hmm. But uh, as soon as as soon as more than one person knows about the private key, it it can be considered compromised, right? Mm. Uh, and th this is the thing uh, the the information is literally valuable right now uh, after bitcoin uh, we're back to that thought thread again here like yeah. <laughs> that's a little thought nugget uh and uh well <laughs> let's say you have person a and person b <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh, yeah I, I don't really really know where i'm going with this but the thing is i i there are so many things that we take for granted, like institutions being able to to uh, to hold money, I, and I don't even believe that that was true in the old system. I think I think the point you're ultimately trying to make is there's no way a nation can effectively buy and hold Bitcoin. No, and like like I I don't think it's true with with any type of money, like not really because i don't believe these things to be real uh this is uh, this is a subject of uh, in my new book as well uh like you have the objective reality and you have subjective thoughts about opinions uh, about things and then there's a layer of intersubjective truths that we all take for granted and this is what separates human beings from other primates which never get over the dunbar's number 
like uh, a flock of chimpanzees or baboons they they they're never bigger than like 160 individuals the dunbar's number is probably slightly different for a chimpanzee than for a uh, uh, for a human but but that's the that's the thing they can't organize in larger groups than that and the only reason that we can as humans as a species is that we can tell ourselves lies on massive scales like religions nation states money these are all lies mm -hmm. they, this they're not based in any factual thing they are only true because we believe them to be true and uh, some some stories are easier to debunk than others like santa claus or whatever uh no the tooth fairy you went to bed uh, <laughs> yeah mine mine are sleeping as well I hope. Okay. <laughs> uh, and i i, I think uh, religions are fairly easy to debunk as well and uh the the nation state is just another religious entity really and uh it, it's easy to debunk in that sense uh, fairly easy to debunk it's it's but it's hard to escape and that was true for religion as well uh like 500 years back if you said that the earth revolves around the sun rather than the other way around you got burned on a stake or something or thrown in prison like galileo and bruno and all, all those these guys so so um this goes back to skin in the game i mean uh, you need to dare to think outside these boxes and like you have a social credibility uh, that that you will lose by by saying these these things like what what are what are the semi religious narratives we have going around right now well some would say climate change and some would say something else uh like uh, perpetual growth or whatever what side you're on uh, but i would say money itself is the the prime false narrative that we all keep fooling ourselves with and i believe bitcoin to to, to be a tool uh, to in order for each person in the system to verify that there will never be more than 21 million coins and therefore we this trustworthiness there's a realness to it a mathematical realness to it that that other types of money just don't don't have and and yeah this is beside the point again <laughs> <laughs> like we were talking about game theory in nation state where, where where was i heading with this uh, i'm sure i had a point in here somewhere the thing is if you're an austrian uh, uh yeah economic uh, the Austrian School of Economics, that is. Not, not just Austrian, right. No, yeah. not, not like Joseph Fritzl or, uh, or, 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 or any, any of other swell guys. Uh, like <laughs> <laughs> uh, th then you don't really believe that, that you can tax a, a company because mm -hmm. someone ultimately has to pay. Someone has to put in the work somewhere down the line. And it's, it's always the 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 people uh, in, <laughs> on the the lowest part of the food chain uh, or the, the, the 
the lowest part, the bottom of the pyramid always pays for the ones on top, right? Mm -hmm. So, so, and this is why socialism doesn't work. This is one of the reasons why socialism doesn't work, but uh, it's never, those that get targeted never really pay. Because the only thing that happens is that they charge more for their services and that like it trickles down to, to the bottom of to the bottom of the pyramid all the time uh, and like you can't really uh, you, you can't meddle with economy like that in, in my point of view and, but, and, but with, with, with Bitcoin it becomes obviously true because if you're if you're not in charge if you're not your keys, not your Bitcoin, right? So if you don't hold your own keys, you, yeah, or if a if a multitude of people were holding the same keys, uh, then like there's no point. Uh, someone will inevitably spend them, uh, move them to another address, or whatever, and uh, and they're useless. Oh, all that effort was for nothing. Like. Uh, this is highly personal. Uh, wealth is personal. You, you can't. The fact that you can't take it is. This changes the entire narrative we have a, about money. And this is, this is a, a thought that has been both bothering me and uh, I've been very very interested in it. Like, is Bitcoin money or is it something else? Is it an asset? Like, like I believe it to be so much better than money. Calling Bitcoin money is 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 degrading to Bitcoin, and it sort of it sort of insults me when people call Bitcoin money, <laughs> because every every other every predecessor to Bitcoin uh, that we have called money has been so has been so lousy at being money, like mm. it has never been able to store value properly, and like. Uh, and you can't really store value because value is a subjective thing. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I lost my train of thought here, but I think uh, we, have to think of, we have to think of a, a new a new word for for Bitcoin other than money. Like, you know, what, uh, maybe Bitcoin. <laughs> just leave it as Bitcoin. <laughs> like, brilliant. <laughs> There's the marketing that the marketing genius of Bitcoin is. <laughs> no, but the thing is, we shouldn't invent other words because they will be applied to uh, to to shit coins and to copycats and to like like, like this word blockchain technology, which I, mm. which I which I hate, right. and the word crypto, which is so ridiculous. That's such oh. Fintech, should we throw fintech in there as well? Uh, you know, yeah, fintech. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was a keynote speaker at Stockholm Fintech Week last week, so I shouldn't oh. maybe bash the, word, <laughs> bash the word fintech too much, but it has a certain ring to it for sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, we've been talking about triggering a lot of people tonight, and then you bring up Galileo, and I don't think anyone's triggered anyone like if there's anybody that's triggered anybody as, as much as like you know it was him right uh, that he he was the ultimate trigger so i don't think uh you've got too much to worry about uh, no 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 uh galileo is fine i i think the official excuse for galileo from the vatican came in 1991 wow uh, like 
all oh, right. Sorry. Oh, he was right. We were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this part about stopping the sun for an hour in the Bible, it was okay. uh, by so our mistake. It wasn't literal. It was metaphorical, whatever. Bitcoin's got a pretty long runway then. <laughs> <laughs> and you got a pretty long interview too, Ed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? I was thinking, oh, this is going to be a long edit. I don't think I'm going to edit a word. I just think I'm going to put it all down. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, social suicide. <laughs> this might become one of one of those interviews that uh, people are still listening to in five years time well I, i'm sure whoever whoever runs into you at the next conference you know if they listen to this interview they're going to come up and they're going to keep asking you questions because they're clearly you know it's um why don't you ever let him speak <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to speak because listening listening to what is in your mind is incredible like <laughs> how do you walk around with this stuff honestly how do you walk around with this stuff trapped in your mind with with like i ask myself that very question every day <laughs> what, are you, what are your outlets my outlets yeah like you know who can like, you you are right, right now. yeah yeah that, that's why we've been on a call for like almost four hours but like you know like otherwise like, uh, it's, it's very frustrating to not well my brothers of course poor bastards <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 i feel so i pity them sometimes <laughs> how many are there <laughs> there's there's two of them right. <laughs> so are they are they are like on, on you know last question are they down the rabbit hole with you or are you still like trying to drag them down? Like, are you forcing red pills down the neck every time you see them or are they, are they shoulder to shoulder? Like, yeah, Bitcoin, we get it. They, they are definitely down the rabbit hole by now. <laughs> they, they get it. They do. Excellent. Of, of course. Yeah. That's, that's, that's great to hear because we, you know, we all suffer trying to bring, you know, our loved ones into it. And, you know, when, when that's, uh, when that's, but, but then again, like the, the scarcest asset of all is time, right? And everyone is short on time and we're all in different phases of our lives at all times. And like, you, you, you only have that much time and willpower to, to really delve into this. And I, I, I don't believe they have as much of a, uh, I tend to really, really deep, uh, like, like I was a big Frank Zappa fan in my early twenties and I bought 50 records, 50 physical CDs, like his entire fucking catalog. All my fucking salary went to buying Frank Zappa <laughs> CDs. Okay. <laughs> and for a very short period of my life, but I was, uh, I, I thought like, I really like this stuff. I need to listen to all of it. And I, I did over and over. <laughs> I still listen to him sometimes, but it, not at all at the same. But the thing is, I tend to really, really get nerdy about stuff when, mm. when in a way that my brothers don't. Uh, right. I think maybe they do to some degree but, uh, about some stuff, but.
Well, you know, you, you got nerdy about Bitcoin and you wrote a book about it. Well, you're going to write two books about it and several <laughs> articles about it. And three, yeah. Yeah, three, three books. So, what, 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 what's, what's the book I'm missing? It's called Three Minute Reads on Bitcoin. It's a lousy title. Uh, like the the first one about the one with the articles. Just, that's what. That's just my medium. Better read them. I reckon if you, if you're interested, uh, read them on medium instead. Just one one at a time. It's a better format for it. But you know. It, and is, this, is this is this dedication to to get in the, the you're going to affect someone's life hugely through your work i, I am <laughs> you do understand that right so. <laughs> so someone's someone's going to read all they already have has anyone ever told you that yet oh you you make it sound like I, I I might have a price on my head in a couple of years from now. <laughs> but you are you you don't know who you're inspiring. Like you, so, you, like one day someone's going to walk up to you and like thank if, you from the bottom of their heart for for like uh, what you yeah, wrote. Around. Yeah, what you're saying right now and like when 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 I saw sovereignty through mathematics in that artwork. Uh, in the piece in that statue and everything like i don't know what to say it's it's uh, it's mind blowing to me uh, to to actually be be doing this for real and, uh, and just a retweet gets me going you know mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm happy for everything <laughs> i know what to say don't stop writing please uh, yeah yeah i'll just have to finish warcraft 3 first absolutely classic high time for, a high time preference com, com, a comment right at the death like, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Oh, dear. all right man well let, let's all right if time is our scarcest asset <laughs> let's, let, let's let the listeners off the hook now and uh you know <laughs> and end. yeah we're, we're spending it let's it was an endless resource like yeah, <laughs> yeah. giving it away <laughs> now it's on the serious side it was really really good talking to you man uh, and we'll i'm sure we'll chat again and we'll keep contact on twitter and everything and like absolutely Thanks so much for letting me rant on and listening to the whole thing. <laughs> uh, I'm sure, um, you know, I look forward to releasing this episode and um, thank you, Knut, and um, thanks for your work. And I look forward to uh, meeting you in person and um, seeing you on the Twitters. Have a great evening. Same to you. <laughs> Bye. Well, listeners, I uh, hope you're still with us. Uh, I know that was a bit of a marathon session. That's definitely the longest podcast that uh, I've I've recorded as yet. Um, that, that was almost two and a half hours long. Really hope you got all the way through it. Really hope you had um, fun listening to um, Knut and I dive into some of those rabbit holes and his, his take on things. And um, I, I really hope you, you kind of grasp exactly like Knut's personality and and how he just thinks like about everything to like the nth degree 
you know, that there's uh, there's so much going on in his mind and having this conversation with him was a real privilege and seeing him work through some of the questions uh, and and like the the way he he gets to the answer and his feelings is 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 very unique and I, I can't wait to stand in front of him and, and meet him face to face and and have a beer with him and discuss in depth more of some of these um issues and problems that um you know he believes that bitcoin is going to face uh, excuse me is bitcoin is facing and is going to solve um uh, please read his book like you, it's it's amazing i think you'd really really enjoy it i'm so glad he wrote it you know this is um trying to trying to get these thoughts and these feelings out in, in a language that is not your own is so difficult um that you know i'm really i'm just amazed more and more each time i i, I listen to to some of these people that are coming on the show. I thank you for uh, sticking with it this long. Uh, please make sure you uh, support the show by retweeting or sharing or just talking about it with your friends. And uh, let, let's try and keep spreading the message. Thanks so much again uh, for Knut for coming on and uh, and sharing this. And I look forward to his next book. I, I really do. Take care. Have, uh, have a great um, morning, afternoon, or uh, evening, wherever you are in the world. And, and thank you for listening. Uh, find me at uh, Princey1976 on Twitter. Take care. Bye-bye.